You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join in the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. My name is Father Tim Smith, and we're building the culture of life and sharing the goodness of God's love with every person we meet. I'm broadcasting this morning from Holy Cross Parish in the Diocese of Sioux Falls, and we're sharing what God is doing in the life of the hearts of the faithful. Again, a special thanks to Dr. Susan Winley-Douse from the Diocese of Winona, Rochester. And again, uh, this evening, she has a program going on at St. James Coffee in the city of Rochester. St. James Coffee is a uh, parish or diocesan own coffee shop that uh, not only where you can gather together for uh, refreshments with your friends, uh, sometimes some live music, but also a great place uh, to encounter the Lord in the conversation and the hearts of disciples. And so uh, it's a beautiful apostolate, and it's also a great venue where there is always Catholic speakers and events being shared. And so tonight in the city of Rochester, Minnesota, um, you're invited to join Dr. Susan Winley Doust for a conversation on discipleship and and really a proposal um, to follow Jesus in a more intimate and close way. And so what a great offering there um, for the Diocese of Winona, Rochester, and of course, uh, Rochester, Minnesota, uh, a great city, a home of the great Mayo Clinic Healthcare Center, and also visited by people from around the world. And so um, we bless and, and wish uh, Dr. Susan Winley-Douse as she continues her journey of discipleship and evangelization. And also, if you have any questions about international adoption, you're welcome to reach out to her, even at the diocese, and she's happy to answer questions and guide you if God is calling you to that. Um, up next, we're going to talk with another uh, a Catholic uh, intellectual uh, and also someone who works in higher education, but also has uh, their own personal journey and experience. And so I'd like to welcome right now um, uh, Dr. Marcella uh, Fafleck to Real Presence Live. Marcella, welcome to Real Presence Radio. Thank you. It's and good I'm morning. so I'm so grateful uh, that you uh, uh, you accepted my invitation to be on today. Um, and and really, I just want to let our listeners know. Um, you know, who you are. Tell us about yourself, your family, um, what, what university you work for, and what kind of work you do for the church. Um, I've been, I'm in Aberdeen, South Dakota. I've been uh, here for over 26 years, and as you mentioned, I work at the university. I teach music there. And uh, ever since uh, we've been here, we've been involved in church uh, here, and uh, myself and both of my children, who are also musical, were active uh, with music at church. I became a music director part-time a couple of years ago at Sacred Heart in Aberdeen. So that's my musical and church career in Aberdeen. Well, that, that's, that's beautiful, uh, and uh, we're, we're grateful for the work that you do uh, uh, in music directing uh, at Sacred Heart Parish in Aberdeen and in the Diocese of Sioux Falls. Um, and it's Northern State University, correct? Uh, what, kind of correct. Music, what kind of music instruction uh, do you do uh, in your work as a university professor? Uh, I'm a pianist, and so I teach piano and piano-related courses. Uh, keyboard literature, pedagogy, uh, accompanying collaborative piano and such. But uh, recently, 
you know, I'm learning organ and I enjoyed it very much. And so that's a kind of a little turn in my musical journey. Well, that's that's beautiful. I I know you have a a new organ at Sacred Heart Parish. So, um, what what a better time to explore that uh, uh, journey? We're lifelong learners, and so um, I'll pray for you and ask Saint Cecilia uh, to intercede for you as you uh, continue to expand um, your uh, journey as a musician, but also as a scholar. Um, you're the second uh, PhD. Uh, uh, woman of faith that I've had on the show this morning. So I, I'm so grateful for for your, your gift and testimony and your service to the church. Um, our listeners can probably tell um, by your accent that you are not from uh, the United States or South Dakota. Us South Dakotans have our own accent as well, or uh, the Midwestern people here, whether you're from Minnesota or North Dakota. So let our listeners know, um, where are you from originally? Where were you born? Where were you raised? I was born in the Czech Republic, uh, back then Czechoslovakia. Uh, I've been uh, in the United States since 1986. In 1985, I met my husband in Prague. My husband is a Czech-American born in Minnesota, second generation. And so we got married. I moved here, and ever since, uh, we've been uh, we've, we've been at several locations in the United States, but as I say, now we are in Aberdeen. We have two children, now adults. And interesting thing, I was born and grew up in Czechoslovakia back then, in the city of Tabor, Tabor, which is the Tabor, so the Koda Tabor, named after this. Tabor, mine Tabor. <laughs> However, my Tabor was founded in 1420. It's a county seat, county city with a big history of the Catholic and Protestant uh, religion because uh, it's a Hussite town. John Huss preached here. He was the predecessor of Martin Luther. Sure. And um, I grew up Catholic, took all the religious education here. Sure. Hell all, has all the sacraments here. So I practice the religion there. Well, um, that's a beautiful testimony. And for our listeners, uh, there is a town, uh, uh, in, in, um, we say here in our, in our part of the Midwest, we say Tabor, South Dakota, which is founded by people of Czech heritage as they uh, immigrated to the United States a century ago. Um, but correct. obviously that connection to your own uh, your own home place, your birthplace, and of course, uh, even a rich history in in the the, the church's history. Uh, of course, uh, the the Hus, uh, you know, the the development of, of Protestantism at that time, but also you yourself living the faith there. And we're talking especially about your Czech heritage this morning because of this month is the month of the honoring of the devotion to the infant Jesus of Prague, which is a Czech devotion which is actually reflected even in American Catholic cultural life. And so you yourself, your husband, um, with his own Czech heritage, um, you know, share with our listeners about, um, you know, what was, what, what's it like um, that the infant Jesus of Prague, um, you know, what does this mean to members of the church in the Czech Republic? Uh, what's this devotion? How did you see it celebrated in your own life growing up? Um. Veneration of the Prague Infant Jesus in January this month is a spiritual extension of Christmas. Hmm. 
uh, as we know, the devotion to the infant of Prague in, uh, uh, increased after the Pope Benedict XVI visited Prague in 1909. Otherwise, I don't know how much time we have, but sure. there's a long history, of course, how the statue itself got into Prague, got to Prague, and how it went through different periods of decline and uh, and being uh, devoted to or venerated again. Of course, the communism played a big uh, role in this. But as I said, in 1909, when Pope Benedict came to Prague, the, and he made a special visit to the Church of Our Lady Victorious, uh, where the statue is placed. Um, he kneeled in front of the statue, he prayed, and his prayer, uh, as other prayers, of course, are becoming public or known, and encouraged to be prayed. And uh, after that, the devotion to the infant Jesus uh, took off a little bit more than, uh, you know, after the suppression of during the communism, when people were mm, kind of afraid to go to church or it was not really desirable. So uh, now uh, there is a different celebrations of the infant Jesus. There is a annual crowning of uh, Jesus' procession for Sunday in May uh, in Prague. There are different societies which celebrate Jesus again there it's on uh, you can publicly you can find it online or there are pilgrims making uh, pilgrimages and again you can meet the uh, Carmelites uh, monks Carmelite sisters who take care of the uh, infant Jesus uh, uh, in the church you can reserve the mass, mass there, which are celebrated in five languages. It's a very popular place. Wow. Yeah. That's a, for, for our listeners, uh, and uh, really, this, just, just to even give it a description before we take a short break, uh, uh, the Infant of Prague uh, devotion uh, is a statue. It's uh, about 19 inches high. It's clothed yes. in real uh, a royal mantle, a royal cloak, um, and it's and the child infant Jesus is crowned with a beautifully jeweled crown on his head, and his hand is raised, um, kind of giving a, a sign of, of blessing and, and God's divin, divine blessing. And then on the other hand, uh, this this image of Jesus has a statue of of him holding the world with a cross. Of the child Jesus holding holding the whole world in his hand. There's a in the United States, Marcella. And as a musician, you probably have heard that song. He's got the whole world in his hands. Have you ever heard that song? It's like a yes. a church campfire song, you know. Well, in this infant of Prague image, you you see the child Jesus, uh, uh, really depicted as holding the whole world in his hand. Well. We want to we want to dive in more into this devotion and also um, it's uh, just your experience of it as as a someone being raised in the Czech Republic and then also how this has become ubiquitous. It, it's it's around the church universal now. This beautiful devotion it's been even reflected in other cultures. We're going to talk about that. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back right here on Real Presence Live. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. 
SJ Machine, proudly named after and dedicated to St. Joseph, provides quality machining and induction heat treating to a variety of industries. Just as St. Joseph worked diligently to meet his family's needs, SJ Machine strives to understand and meet your production needs. Prototype to production, working together towards success. SJ Machine can be reached at 701-347-0155 and are a proud supporter of the Real Presence Radio Network. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, the Director of Advancements for Real Presence Radio with today's Plan Giving Minute. Philanthropy is an expression of your generosity with the understanding that your gift to the church will make a difference. There are many ways in which you can make a gift to further God's work. Most of us are familiar with cash gifts we give regularly to Real Presence Radio. However, another way of contributing is through plan giving, which may allow you to give more than you've ever dreamed possible. The goal of plan giving is to help you plan your estate and charitable giving in a way that benefits you, your family, and our mission. There are several ways you can make these plan gifts and enjoy tax and income benefits. For more information, please visit our plan giving website at rprlegacy.org or call me at 701-290-4503. Let's get started. The Mustard Seed Catholic Store is South Dakota's place to purchase Catholic books, gifts, and decor. With locations in Rapid City and Sioux Falls, we are here to provide you with gifts for the Catholic occasions in your life. From baptism to First Communion, confirmation to weddings, and ordinations, we pride ourselves in having local artists share their creative talents, making rosaries, crucifixes, artwork, coffee, and books. We are located in Rapid City on Main Street, in the new Diocesan Building, or in Sioux Falls on Grange Avenue across from Costco. This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. My name is Father Tim Smith, and uh, if you're just joining us, my guest this morning is Dr. Marcella Flaflek. She is a university professor uh, at the University of Northern State in Aberdeen, South Dakota, a professor of music and particularly piano and music instruction. And she's also, uh, her home place of birth is uh, Tabor, Czechoslovakia. And we're talking today about the devotion to the infant Jesus of Prague, which uh, is celebrated even in uh, our American Catholic Church life. It's it's a universally celebrated devotion um, honored by many saints and, of course, by many uh, leaders of the church, the Pope. Um, so, Marcella, again, a little bit more background about the journey of the, of the statue of the infant Jesus of, ja- of Prague to the Church of Our Lady of Victorious in Prague. Um, what's some of that other rich history connected to this devotion? Okay, uh, the history of the little statue uh, goes back to 16th century, well, to Spain, it was probably made in Spain, and uh, there are a couple of legends legends uh, how the uh, infant Jesus miraculously appeared to a monk, and then he molded the statue based on his vision. Another legend says that actually the statue was owned by the Saint Teresa of Jesus, who greatly venerated Jesus' childhood. Mm. Uh, simply, after all, it happened that the statue ended with a 
person with a noble person whose daughter was getting married in Prague and this was a wedding gift. So that's how it got to Prague in about 1628-40. It was placed in a monastery of Carmelites in Prague and uh, the discussed Carmelites of the Church of Our Lady Victoria. And the next 300 years were kind of marked with several periods of decline and restored veneration because well, depending on the rules of religion or freedom or the lack of that, uh, many times Carmelite monastery in uh, Prague was abolished, uh, the statue was lost. But in short, uh, in, uh, at the turn of the 19th and 20th century, the veneration of infant Jesus has spread all over the world. You know, the traveling uh, started to take place and it took root, uh, especially in Spain or Spanish speaking countries. But the missionaries and all the, all the influence went to South America, China, Philippines, India, North America, South, uh, well, South America, I said. So uh, that was really, you know, that was really the good ground, the fine ground for having this devotion spread to the world. Um, of course, that was the between you know the first half of the of the nineteenth of the twentieth century was uh, first democratic republic of Czechoslovakia, but then the Nazi and communistic dictatorships, of course, brought the religion freedom down, and things were uh, things were not supported. These things uh, discussed Carmelites returned to the Catholic Church of Our Lady Victorious in 1993 and uh, after the Velvet Revolution. And the veneration of infant Jesus was brought back to life. And since then, uh, you know, this devotion means more and more to the Czech Catholics. Uh, otherwise, uh, the Catholic life in the Czech Republic now, of course, has been impacted by by the communism, by the 40 years of oppression. Sure. Slowly, slowly coming back. But uh, out of, uh, there are about 40% of uh, population of the Czech Republic, which claims to be a Catholic, but only about 10% really practices. So, so little little encouragement, including, you know, devotion for a Pope visit, you know, which I mentioned before. Mm-hmm. Those are great encouragement and inspiration for, for a Catholic life in the Czech Republic. You know, the beautiful thing that comes to mind with that uh, is that in your sharing of that history, during this devotion to the, to the infant Jesus of Prague, there has been periods of, of decline, as you mentioned, certain other periods of, of oppression of faith, and then resurgences. And so, uh, perha- you know, as you mentioned, during these, the 40 years of communism, uh, that was a period of decline. Uh, obvious um, external circumstances, political, uh, geopolitical circumstances. But our faith is alive, and there's always a resurgence. And, and the infant uh, Jesus of Prague in these uh, last five centuries endures. Um, it, I have to sh- share with you, Marcel, I actually have in our parish a, a statue of the infant Jesus of Prague, uh, a replica of 
the one that is celebrated in the Church of Our Lady mm-hmm. Victorious. And that really comes from the fact that there in my parish, and in one segment of my parish um, a century ago, there were uh, people of Czech ancestry that celebrated and went to Mass here. They were, there was different uh, groups that have different ethnic heritage. And, and so in their own Czech heritage, that's a legacy that, that shows that, yes, we're here too in, in, in our part in the life of the church. You know, what's, what's your experience when you, you yourself have made a, a pilgrimage visit to see the, the, the statue yourself? What's that like um, when you've gone there? Um, and uh, about how many times have you seen the actual statue in your own life in the Czech Republic? Uh, when I lived in Prague, I lived in Prague about 15 years because I studied music there. So just prior to my moving to the United States, I lived in Prague. And uh, since it was during the communism, uh, you know, the Catholic life or the religious life was not quite as uh, defined as it, you know, it here now. Uh, I did not belong to any particular parish. Mm-hmm. I was going for masses to different uh, churches, and of course, that was the beauty. It was very beautiful because there is hundreds of churches in a church, in a Prague only, and one of them was uh, Our Lady the Victoria because mm-hmm. of this uh, uh, devotion. Because it was very international, as I mentioned, there are masses. There's five masses every Sunday celebrated in five languages, I mean, five, you know, each Mass in different language. And uh, so I was there very often during those years. Uh, since I moved to the United States, we've been making um, a trip uh, to see my family uh, every year with my children. So I was there at least a couple months in the Czech Republic. I have been there every year. And I'm always in Prague, and I'm always, uh, you know, visiting this church. Simply that just becomes a part of my journey. <laughs> and uh, it just happened so that it's in the most beautiful part of Prague, and uh, it brings back, of course, a lot of memories and a lot of inspiration. But I also wanted to mention, before I forget, you know, you mentioned the statue of the infant Jesus in your church. Mm-hmm. I was surprised to see, and I don't know if you were going to mention that, we have a statue of the infant of Jesus in our church, in Sacred Heart in Aberdeen. Oh, beautiful. Uh, you didn't know that. Uh, uh, you know, there there's... Is I'll have to take a look at it the next time closely. It could be, it could be, with yeah. the statue being only 18 inches high, unfortunately, right. it's easy to over not, not right. be able to see it. Well, it was actually hidden in a side chapel. When I first moved to Aberdeen, I didn't even notice it. And it was brought out uh, about 10 years ago. So now it's in a church uh, on, the, on the side of the, of the you know, in the wing. But it has its own little area, you know, where I, when I come back from the Czech Republic, I always put some pictures there with English prayers underneath and people take it. So, uh, yeah, we have our own infant Jesus in our, our sacred heart in Aberdeen. What a beautiful, beautiful testimony to just the universality of, of, our, of our Catholic faith. You know, as we wrap up here, um, uh, Marcella, you know, what 
can you encourage our listeners who want to make that pilgrimage to Prague? I've been told by other priests as well, it's such a beautiful city, and as you mentioned, full of beautiful churches, but also your own culture, your homeland, with its own food, uh, diverse uh, background, uh, of course, its own history. Um, Where would our listeners start if they want to make a pilgrimage to the infant Jesus of Prague and experience the beauty of Czech life? Uh, When I was... uh in between some of my teaching assignments, I was actually making tours to the Czech Republic. Uh, they were more genealogically uh, focused. Mm-hmm. But, uh, of course, many of the Czech Americans, uh, you know, were interested in uh, the history of uh, religion, architecture, politics, uh, as you say, all kind of cultural aspects. And, uh, so, of course, it is easier than ever, well, less the COVID situation, Mm -hmm. uh, just to book a ticket and go to Prague. There are sites, so you can either, one can either contact uh, directly the monastery of the Carmelites uh, or church, and uh, you can reserve a mass in a particular language because the pilgrimages are happening all the time there. Uh, there is also I found I also found a website which actually specializes in pilgrimages made to the Czech Republic, either individual or groups. And uh, that website, if I can make, give it, is pilgrimages at centrum dot tv. But if anybody would like some more information, feel free to contact me. I mean, I can always give out more references or links. Thank you very much. Uh, Dr. Marcella Fofleck, university professor, we will be taking a break. God bless you. Thanks for joining us on Real Presence Live. Infant Jesus of Prague, have mercy on us. Amen. God bless you, and we'll be back. 